high school each Sunday night. I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out With your hosts, Keith Varney and... Relaxer, Mike and Nicolio. Way back in high school, most every night, my mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TiVo, what could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Hulu. Out of practice. Both of us have our backs out. But Mike's on muscle relaxers. What's gonna happen? Well, I didn't take one this morning because I discovered. Now we just have old man talk throughout the entire <laughs> intro. It's <laughs> like groans and grunts and coughs. And uh, welcome to the Out of Practice Podcast, a weekly podcast in which uh, we discuss David E. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice. We are all the way up to Season 8, Episode 5, The Heat of Passion. Uh, so, I, I guess, as a couple of old men with bad backs, we're going to have to tell the world how we threw our backs out. Uh, I'm assuming, and I, and I think... I, I can I can do more than assume. I can plant my flag and say neither one we're done in the heat of passion. Oh hell no. Um <laughs> no sir. Uh in fact, I'm not really sure. I I will say, I will say I have been I used to actually have this I it's not really my neck so much as like right in between my shoulder blade. I believe it's called the scapula area. I used to throw it out all the time. Really really bad for years and years. And uh, the past, I guess, year or so, I've been working out more with my brother and the home gym and getting back into running slightly. And and I've been feeling better. Haven't really done it in a while. But I've been sleeping funky uh, on the couch here and there. I fall asleep on our new couch. And I don't know what I did, man, but it's been bad. And so this is now here's where my feeble oldum and my neuroses start to intertwine. So Jen okay. went away for the weekend. Uh, to visit some friends, and my sister, who got a new puppy, I went to see the new puppy, she gave me a uh, a muscle relaxer, two, a couple of them, and I fought all night to not take it because I was afraid, what if I have some sort of reaction to this muscle relaxer, Keith? Muscle relaxer, Keith. Mm. <laughs> what if I have a muscle relaxer? <laughs> and like I like pass out, or I have a heart attack, or I have some sort of thing, and then I'm home alone. What am I going to do? I, I started... <laughs> Really fearing for myself. So <laughs> I waited to the last minute, finally took it, received zero relief from it. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then at six o'clock this morning, I took uh, four ibuprofen, which actually gave me more relief than the muscle relaxer did. So I think I'm just going to stick for, for the time being. I'm going to ride ibuprofen until. Uh, until I'm a big better. believer in ibuprofen for sure. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, let me tell you my heroic tale of, of throwing sleeping on the couch. It's, it's, it's very (laughs) similar because it is also, it's like a, it's like a high back. Like it's on, it's on my spine, but it's like up high. Uh, but you're turning like this to talk to people. Oh, uh, no, a hundred percent. No, I'll be like using my swivel chair. Uh, 
So uh, I was uh, getting out of the shower and I and I tossed my uh, my sweater onto the bed to get dressed. Yeah, that's what it took. That's all it took. I, oh, it was I a just... he- he- that was a hell of a toss. No, no, I, I it was almost a drop. It was almost a drop of a sweater, and that was like boom, year old. So, uh, so, so you know, so there it is. It's gonna be uh it's gonna be a wild and woolly episode today, or a sleepy mumbly one. But uh, you know, how will that be any different? Yes. So uh, yeah. So we are here talking about the heat of passion. We're in season eight of the practice. We are in the final. We are in the the end. There's only what sixteen episodes, seventeen episodes left of the practice. Yeah, it's completely. Insane. Can it's, you believe it's not that? Not a lot. No. I, I mean, I can believe it, uh, but it's it's sad nonetheless. It's uh, it's weird. It it has this like th- there is this weird feeling about it now uh, that we're we're getting into the uh, getting into the end of it near the finale. So uh, if anybody would like to talk to us about uh, how they feel about the finale or how did they screw up their backs, right? How did you mess up your back? What uh, what were you doing? Were you breathing? Were you uh, just existing? Were you blinking? Because that that's all it takes. That's, that's all it takes, it takes anymore. Well, yeah. listen, you know, Keith and I, we make the assumption because there's not a ton of people listening that have made it to season eight. Uh, we barely have made it to season eight. It's it's clear. But I forget that there are future yous as the practice will go nowhere and it will endure, if not because of our heroic effort to actually rewatch it, and put it back into the popular media. But Keith, <laughs> if future people want to write to us, discuss their ailments and see if, yeah. to be quite frank, to see if we're still alive. You can yep. do so at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com mm. or heck, go ahead and check us out at outofpracticepodcast on Instagram. That's right. And no Facebook. question mark necessary. And, uh, <laughs> and, and also go on YouTube and check out KME Media. There's more mm. stuff coming up. We've got Star Trek Universe shows and maybe more moving forward. Yeah, yeah. It's KME Entertainment, but, you know, I'm sure KME Media will appreciate the plug. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, (laughs) if you haven't learned by now not to take anything I say seriously, now you really know. Although, to be fair, uh, we've done, like, the hilariously stupid thing. Every time we see KME Entertainment, we're really saying (laughs) Keith and Mike Entertainment Entertainment. (laughs) And Jen reminds me every time. (laughs) She's like, that's very redundant. Well, all right. So, you know, maybe we can we can come up with a different E for Keith and Mike Eagles Entertainment or something. Uh, Keith and Mike egregiously yes, egregious ones. entertainment. <laughs> egregiously well, over overlong entertainment. <laughs> ugh, just egregious all, in in all categories. Uh, okay, all right. Keith, well, then, one uh, more thing. One more plug. Yeah. Uh, uh, we I, we mentioned it just now that we do this Star Trek Toys show, which is more just about kind of like uh, recapturing, just playing with your buddy. Um, actually, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole for here a second. I, I did the super podcast thing of watching our last episode, which just dropped the transporter. I, like in its entirety, I watched the whole thing. Did you really? And just was LMAFO, just laughing and just having ah. a hoot. And Jen came in and she goes, just let me, let me are you... Watching your own thing and laughing, and I was like, "Yeah, this is this is really the end of the rope, I guess. This is as low as one can go." That's the wow. first thing. Second thing, I thought of you yesterday. Keith. That that might be the loneliest thing I've ever I I've know. ever heard. No, you're about to hear that. 
Okay, because <laughs> you were thinking of me? That's the setup. Yeah, that's why. So I was taking a walk yesterday as I was alone. My wife was away, and I was just taking a stroll around about the neighborhood. Or was this two days ago? doesn't matter. It was nice out. And mm-hmm. I thought to myself, oh, man, it'd be so great to grab the baseball glove and just, like, have a toss. Like, toss the ball yeah. around. And no, I realized, sure. Keith, I have a list of literally one, two people that would actually that I could call on the telephone to have a catch with. Yeah, I'm married oh. to one of them. Uh huh. And I'm kind of married to the other one. What? I, so there's nobody else who would who would throw a ball with you? Not really. I mean, oh, maybe no. my I, mean, I got a couple people like on the on the alternate list, but they would probably not come. They have kids. The the peripherals. Yeah, yeah. No, they yeah they probably want to throw with their kids. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I would happily. I mean, not today. I don't think either one of us could throw a ball today. But like, <laughs> no, in, in, in some other hypothetical so thing, far, it would really where be we didn't have to like put sweaters on a bed and other dangerous activities. Uh, yeah, then I think that that yeah that would be fun. I'd like that very much. All right. Well, you know what? I think it's time to hop back into the time machine to a time where we could perform basic human tasks without uh, you know mortal injury in a segment we call this day in the basement of course we are talking about october 26th the year 2003 the year the night this episode aired uh mike what were you doing well i'm still in the raw chester and mm-hmm. I'm going to tell another quick little story that I do not recommend for any. As I said, Keith, I was starting. To, I was learning how to be a professional. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. Oh no. We had to do now. Already at this juncture of the run, we had realized the stark difference between how nice we had had it at the Mount Gretna Playhouse and how mm-hmm. shitty we had it at this new playhouse. I don't think I've said the name on the on the podcast, and I won't. Uh, not because I'm going to trash them. A and B because I don't want to send any business their way. Um, this guy was I know to, I know what it is though. This guy was a monster. Anyway, we had made a good, decent living equity salary at the first theater. And as we transferred over, you know, we were so excited to just be working that we didn't really like we just kind of made a lot of assumptions and we signed off and, and we were getting paid crap. And the first thing they tried to get us to do, this guy, was to work in the office. It was a thing that a lot of non-equity theaters did at the time where it's like, okay, you can make X amount of money doing the show, but then during the week, you have to work hours in the theater, like mm-hmm. at the office, doing t- whatever, you know, at clerical stuff. We're not going to pay you any money for that. That's part of your gig. So the, we at least were smart enough to be like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. To which there was a big, there was a big fight. And it was a big thing. And should, oh, this is why you joined the union. Um, this is why unions are good. Uh, anyway. But what we did have to do was he they would book these like uh, appearances, let's say, like these parties, these private parties for like uh, sn- snooty snoots in the area. Is this and, like an eyes wide shut situation? No, no, no. We were just doing forever plaid stuff. And, you know, they'd be like, oh, well, you know, we'll we'll tip you guys out. And then we would end up not getting paid or paid crappily or whatever. And it was it just the whole thing was a nightmare. So this one time we got asked to do this appearance and we went and it was this big fancy party at this like castle i don't know if you ever went in rochester it's like this private residence but it was like this person had like turned their home into kind of like a little castle 
It was really I weird. I do not remember a castle, yeah. no. But it wasn't like a real like old house with stone and stuff. It was like it was they used like con uh stucco and like brick facing to make it look it it was weird. Anyway, Keith. This was one of two times in my whole career, like spanning 20 plus years of performing, that I we got just wasted before this performance. I mean, just oh, no. annihilated uh, before and during the performance. And I can't remember quite how it went. I have some, I have some guesses that it was pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, but I do recall at one point rolling downstairs with a microphone and singing. And then you've done Forever Plaid, you know that that is not part of it. No, uh, I, I don't remember that scene, no. So uh, luckily that said honcho wasn't there, and I can't imagine that. I don't care. I still, to this day, don't care that I was wasted and performing. Guess what? That's what you get for free. <laughs> <laughs> Although, turns out, what I didn't know at the time is I learned a valuable lesson because most performing arts careers are 70% free stuff that you do. 70%? Yeah. Well, it depends on the trajectory of things. <laughs> Anyway, uh, a fond memory of those guys because that was our first stick it to the man, uh, and uh, I think karma has paid me back tenfold for that for that event. Oh, so, oh, uh, for sure. Yeah. yeah well, I, I when by I by the did way, plot, by yeah. the way, real yeah, yeah, quick, yeah, yeah. since people are just listening, this is not uh, available in video format. And thank God, Keith, we look like shit. <laughs> we we do. We don't. We don't look good. Although to be fair, I think the settings make me look like I've. I'm, You're a little more jaundice. I'm like, I look like I'm like my liver shut down. This is and how I look right now. I looked in the mirror in the bathroom. This is it, buddy. It's not this is good. not good. No, I, I, it's, it's, it's the, it's the lighting that makes me look like a pumpkin. The, <laughs> <laughs> I do look like a pumpkin. Uh, anyway, uh, so what when you, I was what doing, were you doing, well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you after a quick plaid story. Cause we didn't, uh, we didn't have many like eyes wide shut parties like you did. But we did have to do some morning TV, Ugh, which which was like fine and all. But they they actually came to the theater to shoot it, which was cool. But it was live. But we had to. I think we were on at seven a.m. Trying. I was singing Jinx in plaid at seven a.m. And it was always oh, and 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 of course it was like we're we're going in and out of commercial breaks. Mm -hmm. So we're like, oh, we're gonna do 45 seconds and then we're out and then like wait 15 minutes and then we're on. And it's just like doing that, doing that show is difficult, just period vocally. But uh, at 730 in the morning, I, you know, I was really glad that I was in my 20s. I'll put it that way. Those morning shows are always too early. And then you know what else in theater that they never figured out is hmm. that nobody wants to do like the costume shoot the show after opening night, like you know, like you just opened, and now they want to take do a costume per or what is it? What do they call it when you take the promo shots? Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, stay in costumes after the show today. We're gonna take pictures. What? No. Well, and, and I, well, even the very idea of taking shots in costume, like posed shots, is very old school. Like that's not even a thing you do anymore. You take production photos. You don't take posed shots in your costumes those are stupid what is this the 70s come on now all right anyway uh apparently I had much stronger feelings about that than i expected to okay. so uh in this this day in the basement uh i went back in the emails and i realized i was having a a conversation with my father uh basically saying uh, hey guess what i have no money 
I'm literally uh, at zero and I can't eat. Could you please give me money? Uh, which is never a fun thing to do. It feels terrible. And yet uh, I, I needed to eat. So my dad wired me 500 bucks and I was able hey, to thanks, eat that dad. week. And uh, much appreciated. Thanks, dad, uh, from 20 years ago. Uh, and also we're getting a new roommate. Uh, new roommate Chad. Did you overlap with Chad? I did not. No, no, no. Oh, really nice guy. Anyway. I was like, uh, and I can't, maybe you'll get to tell the story. You probably will. No, I don't know. Uh, I was, I came in right before you came back. You were away and somebody was staying in your room and had like dogs. And then you came back and you were fucking furious. And then all of a sudden, then it got good after that because you kicked those people out. Oh, and, uh, well, yeah, my, I no, was. No, they were in my room or something. They were leaving as I, I can't remember where they were. They but. were in your room. This was, I, so I, I, I was, uh, I, I, w- I lived with my girlfriend at the time for like six months, but kept that apartment. And I, uh, you know, we went through, I, I was up in Vermont for the summer and I drove all the way back down to the city because, because to, uh, we were going to break up and I wanted to sort of like have that conversation came back anyway i hadn't been in the apartment for months but my room was supposed to be just there and empty i was paying for it and i drove home after having had a breakup drove all the way from vermont back down to the city got there it's the hottest night of the year Hot, like it was 90 something late at night i showed up at like two o'clock in the morning two three o'clock in the morning and i go to the apartment for the first time in a long time and uh, first off, there are two giant dogs in crates in the living room. My uh, my air conditioner from my bedroom was now in the living room and being used. The, my plant had just been thrown out on the fire escape. There was like four people sleeping in the place, none of whom did I know or knew me. Eesh. And I open up my bedroom and there's some chick sleeping on my bed. In my bedroom, I had no idea who it was. Yeah, that's no good. And man. so I opened it. I'm like, I closed the door and I slept in the living room because that's where the air conditioner was because it was 94 freaking degrees. And then uh, basically, just like the next morning, I'm like, everybody out. Okay. Everybody. Nice out. to meet you. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Bye. Uh, anyway, so that's. That that was not happening in 2003. That was probably 2005, 2006. But uh, nonetheless, yikes. So now I think it is time to talk about... It's time for the Out of Practice Podcasts This Day in the World. The greatest hits, the biggest movies, headlines from Vermont, essential sports updates, and for some inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike. Yes, indeed. You're hearing the beautiful song, Baby Boy, Beyonce, featuring Sean Paul. Who's singing it today, Mike? Uh, We are getting a cover by Desiree Saldanha and her band, who she doesn't... Oh, yes, she does. Uh, Performed live at the Habitat, and uh, this is David DeSouza on guitar and Nathaniel Mutkihar on the cajon. Uh, which hasn't kicked so, in yet, but you can check her out. She's only got 3,000, only 47 subscribers. Wow, she's very good. Check her out, Desiree Saldanha. Okay, very good. Well, let me tell you, 
On October 26th, the year 2003, the cover of the Burlington Free Press talked about Vermont suffers over heroin scourge. So, uh, you know, this was a little bit before all of the prescription meds took over the world, but uh, mm-hmm. still dealing with heroin there, which sucks. The top movie was Scary Movie 3. If you watch it. Seven days later. Oh, man. Will be one week from today. <laughs> you heard about this videotape? The one where they do it on the oh, boat? Pam and then in the car? And then in the bathtub? And he's like, hey, baby, hey, I love Broadway's you. own. Not that tape. Pam Anderson. Star of Chicago terror. on Broadway. Hey, Keith, she's taking back her narrative, all right? Yeah, it did good. Yeah. Chicago. And look, a lot of people have worked. A lot of people have worked yeah, for a long time on that show. Uh, and I, I'm not a huge fan of the show anyway, so whatever. If Eddie George and uh, Pamela Anderson want to be on Broadway, that's the place to do it. Okay, moving forward. <laughs> it's time for... It's time. It's time. It's time, it's time for sports. Sports. The New York football giants beat the undefeated Vikings in the Metrodome 29-17. Perry Collins threw for 375 yards and two touchdowns to Ike Hilliard. Randy Moss caught seven balls for 125 yards and two touchdowns in the loss. Meanwhile, the Eagles beat the Jets 24-17 at the link. There it is. That's what uh, that's what was happening. That that might be the, the, the last time the Giants won that season, but uh, it was a big win. I was very excited. Well, I'm glad uh, you were excited, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I didn't have a lot. Okay, I didn't have a lot. <laughs> I had no money. I uh, thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. Yes, thank thanks to Dad. I had power so I could watch the show. And now I'm a human being. God damn it! My life has value, and I'm not gonna take this anymore. It's time to talk about the damn episode. Okay, this episode, The Heat of Passion, was written by David E. Kelly and Lucas Reiter, who last wrote on Capital Crimes. It was directed by Nick Gomez. This is his only episode of The Practice, but you would also see his fine direction work on Homicide, Life on the Street, Flash Forward, Chicago PD, and New Amsterdam. That leaves us with only one important question. What's your problem? Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? What? What? What does Mike think's gonna happen? You know, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? Well, we said farewell to Sheila, Keith. Uh, and so one of the main things that I think has to happen this week in my reality segment of this segment is we have to still, like, I think Peppermint Twist Guy still needs defense. Uh-huh. And since we the the vacuum that Sheila has left need be filled, I think Tara will probably still work on the case, but isn't, wait, but she's a paralegal. Can she, def- can she legal, can she lawyer? Uh, I don't think she can chair a case. I believe she could probably do a motion or something like that. All right, so she's gonna need somebody to help, help her with this. So who's gonna jump in, uh, uh, you know who needs you know who needs a bone is Jamie Stringer. Mm. So I feel like Jamie's gonna take over the peppermint twist. All right, so that's my reality segment. Now let me get into my my fanciful fanciful segment here. 
Uh-huh, the cat uh-huh. just comes and plops himself on the desk, nary a care in the world that I'm trying to work. Uh, well, it's, it's almost like the cat doesn't care about your hopes, dreams, and feelings. Yeah, that's true. I love that I use the term work. Um, <laughs> uh, in my, uh, I had something. I had something. I had something fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got it. So, uh, but the, the name of the episode today, Keith, is what? That will jog my memory to my guess. It, it is the heat of passion. Yes, this is it. I thought I thought of a great episode that maybe could happen this week, Keith. You remember that mm. we have we got like a new Alan Shore last week, who's like all kinds of considerate and and mm-hmm. and thoughtful. Mm-hmm. And I think this week his past needs to reckon, Keith. The heat of passion. Some of his flirty flirts, some of his indiscretions from the past come back this week, and Alan mm. is sued in civil court for sexual harassment and need be defended by his partner, Eugene. So Eugene oh. has to America an Alan this is Shore America. case. Yeah. He has to, this is American and Alan Shore case. And guess what? He's not that particularly, uh... guys, interestingly, what just came in my mail bird, uh, my email notification is a casting notice for the Blacklist season nine, speaking of the spades, uh, I can't yes. escape him. I cannot escape him. Mike's gotta do a self-tape. No, I'm not doing extra on the blacklist. I I do a podcast about Spader. I'm not gonna go stare at him creepily on set. They're gonna I, I, I could, that's gonna be bad. <laughs> Excuse me, could I get a comment on season eight of the practice? Sir, sir <laughs> we're gonna have to ask you to leave. Here's your here's your apple and bag of chips and $160 for 10 hours. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so that's what I think. Sexual harassment. Eugene's got to defend Alan because he did something stupid in the heat of passion, and also peppermint twist guys still so, there for some right, reason. So, so Eugene has to uh, use "This Is America" to save him from his Plan D. Mm, you know it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's watch the show and see what happens. Season eight, episode. <laughs> let's say five. Five, you're right. No, it's season 805. Here we go. The heat of passion. The big deal that I mistakenly used your toothbrush. First, we've had this can't conversation see that, can you? before. So I, I, how I, do I you mistakenly use cannot. my toothbrush? Second, it is my toothbrush used to clean my mouth. And I like the bristle dry. Third, speaking of heat of passion, I never said it was such no. a big deal. I, I forgot that they were bad. Your bristle won't be getting wet tonight. Ooh. Oh, that's gross. Come on. Coming from Jamie, it's... Hello? Well, I, no, I, it's got nothing to do with her. Now, I mean, it's half past gross. seven. But I'm happy they're still together. Good for that. Fine. Judge Foss wants to see me in her chambers. Now? I'm an early riser. I can see you're not. What's going on? Eugene, you look, we share that with Eugene. We both we all look like shit. His name is Jonathan Macklin. His trial Susan begins Blumert next week, hence time is of the essence. Jonathan Macklin, the one in the news? The very one. Lucky Blomer. Files okay. been sent over to your office. We'll schedule a conference for a soon. I pass. No, no more plan I'm not D giving jokes. you that option. John Macklin is a racist. Also Blomert? a defendant. I don't even know And Blomert. a white supremacist. The victim was black. Is that why you picked me Wait, because I'm black? stop the episode. I picked you because his crime <laughs> Stop the episode. Stop the episode. I want to get off. <laughs> so, Mike, 
as you have been trying desperately to come up with more dirty jokes about this poor woman's name, what, just, just explain to me and the viewing audience what's happening in the episode so far. Well, the cat is sitting on the keyboard. Uh-huh. Uh, my boss just canceled my five o'clock meeting tonight, which means I, I, I'm done early. Uh, my wife is texting me, and I'm trying to pour coffee. So the answer to your question, Keith, is I have no idea. Jamie and Eugene are banging. Uh, she used his toothbrush, which which is that is gross. That's what you were referring to. I th- no, I think <laughs> I, I I I mean yes. <laughs> Please don't use my toothbrush. But also, what whatever the business is, I don't want it to be referred to as wetting your bristles. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, continue with the plot of this show, Mike. Uh, he got to go see the judge, right? Here come uh-huh. the judge. Here come okay. the judge. And she said some words. Okay. All right. Well, she is assigning Eugene a case uh, for a guy who's, uh, you know, racist. Oh, he's going to have to, this is America, but it's not Alan Shore. It's a, a, a neo-Nazi or something? Well, we'll find out. And she had to call him butt early in the morning to bring him in for that, and then di- and and diss his looks, and then give him shade for not being up. I don't know. I don't know why the judges are always so like offhandedly rude. Okay, that 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 doesn't we, work. We, we can continue. Over his head, and you're one of the best criminal defense attorneys I know. Yeah, me too. I I pick Andrew you. Black. Andrew Black. Mr. Macklin asked for you by name. He asked for me. I don't much like being the judge on this any more than you enjoy being the attorney. Let's just give him the fairest trial we can and eliminate at least one possible grounds for appeal. Your Honor sounds biased. Your Honor will remain impartial and guarantee the defendant a fair trial. Speaking personally, I hate the bastard. Meet your new client and let's get going. You know, I, I, that's actually a really good, a really good point. We'll talk that over the thing credits. You know, in our society, in the legal system specifically, even in being a juror and voir dire, you know, there's this sort of idealistic idea that there's some sort of impartiality, but we all have inherent bias, biases, right, or implicit biases. It's it's a matter sure. of can you put those aside. Can you still, as she said there, clearly she hates the guy, but can she still rule fairly? And 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 that's just being human, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, to to pretend like a judge isn't going to you like or dislike case. people, I was ordered is to take it. It's not like I had a choice. Jimmy, I want you with me. No, no, no. Eleanor, can you cover for me on Roland Huff? Actually, I can't. I ha- Alan, get the file from Tara. If you need help, get it. This is a murder case. Jimmy, let's go. I love that Alan is just reading a newspaper. I need help. Jamie, Melissa Kenner. Who's Melissa Kenner? You inherited her from Rebecca Washington. She's been on your schedule. Where is she now? I put her in Eugene's office. Tara, I'll need the file on Roland Huff, please. Why? Why? Because I'm now handling it. Is that a problem? I'll get the file. I'm assuming it won't be a problem. He put his hands on her. We should be able to... Suppress our respective urges. Would I be wrong? I find an urge to be much like a thirst. Suppression is best achieved by quenching. 
You'll bring me the file personally? Would you like it personally? So the, this has gotten very flirty, flirty. So this is no, we it's not flirty, flirty. It's not even a will they won't they. It's a when will they. Amanda's never met her grandparents. Yes. Amanda's your daughter. Which I don't find particularly. Miss Washington didn't tell anyway. you any of this. Oh well, she did. No, but we but should set up. It was a while ago. I should get it from you anyhow. Lady that Jamie is talking well, to. All right, I I'm excited for this one because I have a musical introduction to. Capathia Jenkins. This is Capathia Jenkins from many Broadway shows. And this is her in Martin Short's show, uh, Fame Becomes Me. And this is, uh, Check it out on the YouTube. This is a song called A Big Black Lady Stops the Show. And she 100% did and does. I did see this live. Yes. When, which was... Uh, so this is a Mark Shaman song. And what was fun about this show... I mean, not the least of which it had Martin Short live playing himself in the show. Uh, but uh, Mark Shaman, or Mark Shaman, actually was the pianist on the stage playing the song uh, during the thing, and like makes a reference. It's I don't know. It's it's very funny. It was super fun. Uh, she has also done. Uh, she was in the original cast of Newsies, uh, Carolina Change, and uh, a couple of other shows. So she is a big Broadway star here on our show. I'd been on the plane maybe 10 minutes when suddenly airport security comes and tells me I have to get off. Why? Because I was too fat to fly. Rebecca didn't tell you that part? Oh, she did, she did. Uh, who specifically Ooh. asked you to leave? Keith, we are attendant. hashtag reaching for I plot lines here. encroaching. That's the word she used. Hashtag the first time we've even mentioned one of our cast me. members The who flight left. was full, they needed the space. Voices got raised. It was so awful. we don't know where Rebecca and is, but we do know that she's still referring clients. Well, when she left, she handed off this client to okay. to Jamie, but we don't know why she left, where she went, what happened with but her. But it's been or, a bit of a, we we did know we didn't we catch a reference a week or two ago about how long it's been. Yeah, I think it's been like a year. So this case has been waiting on the tarmac. We shall see. Has been waiting. This on happened the in front of the other passengers. Never mind other people in front of my daughter. And then people started yelling for me to get off. I paid for my ticket like everyone else. I told her I wasn't going anywhere. So they had security drag me out. Is that you that effective? She removed? should be larger, I think. I, and I'm not trying to be away. You don't know I'm just my saying case she's at all. a normal no, size. I do. Miss Washington barely returned yes. my calls. Then she it's fobs true. it off on you. And now you don't know the first thing about it. I should make a complaint. That's what I should do. Melissa. It's not like I'm asking for much. Just my fare back, plus maybe a little something. But you people can't be bothered, can you? Melissa. They kicked her off because she's, she was too okay. large? Yes. Don't they let you... I've heard of people having to buy a second seat, which is horrific, but... I guess she didn't. 
They love to frame stuff Silence of the Lamb style. Well, yeah, of course. Well, Keith, who's that new guy who played the guy from Silence of the Lambs? Who's that super creepy? Definitely racist guy. Nice V, that, deep V. Yeah, well, well, you know, look, if you're if you're gonna be in prison as a uh, as a Hannibal Lecter super scary racist guy, then uh, you know you gotta you gotta bring a little cleave, don't you think? <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I didn't think today when I woke up today. Uh, I didn't think a that I would be moving my neck, or b that I'd hear Keith use the word cleave. Cleave. Well, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were watching something last night, and uh, somebody referred to like she's cleaving to this guy. So there it is. Uh, this is John Walcott from our uh, Walcott from a uh, Jag Titanic crash, the TV show, and the uh, the underrated horror anthology series VHS. Yeah. Did you see VHS? Yeah. I did. John Macklin? Jonathan. Thank you for coming. This is James Berluti. He works with me. Well, thank you both so much for taking my case. We were ordered to. Yes, well, I understand your reluctance. Please sit. I'm going to guess there's going to be some choice language in this episode, so I guess... Uh, You're aware that the prosecution intends to paint me as a racial extremist. By hiring you, I hope to undercut that assertion. As accurate as that may be. I'm an educator, Mr. Young, nothing more. My mission is to help people to improve their lives. White people. Yes, my people. I run a youth outreach program to help troubled teens. I help the unemployed reverse their misfortune. My church exists, you see, to aid the disenfranchised, to restore to them what is rightfully theirs. Even if it means committing murder to do it. I am not involved in any murder, Mr. Berluti. I would encourage you to study my teachings. I'm not a violent man. The shooter says you ordered him to kill. The shooter, Mr. Daniel Grant, came to us as a runaway. We gave him work, a sense of purpose. Now, evidently, he's finding some purpose in implicating me in a crime I had no part of. His motive being? Well, I have many enemies, Mr. Young. The FBI taps my phone. State police track my people everywhere. My beliefs have made me a target, and I think I've been set up. They couldn't get to me legally, so they've done it illegally using Mr. Grant. I have to say that uh, the sort of um, juxtaposition of what you expect from him, by the way he's set up, by to what is what he's per- delivered in his performance thus far, is really compelling. I, I was literally going to say the same thing. I was like, I I really like this performance because it's. Very understated. He's not chewing the scenery. He's just being very straightforward. And yet there is still something compelling about him mm-hmm. and, and what he's doing. I think it's it's just good work. It's, it's very good work. But also from a story perspective, 
the best uh, antagonists, especially in a legal drama, are those who have, so there's people who have no contrition because they're sociopaths, right? But then there's people who don't have contrition because they believe wholeheartedly in their ideas and their ideals. And that is really compelling here because it's not like he's trying to bullshit Eugene. He's like, this is who I am. This is what I believe. And this is what's up. And I think that that, and we still, and thus he, he still deserves, you know, as we've talked many times on the series, they have to provide him with the best legal defense possible. And that's going to go against literally everything that makes Eugene tick. So really kind of cool. Well, the best bad guys think they're the good guys. There you Simple have it, that. Yeah. S- slap it, a, slap it on a t-shirt, send it out to your friends. Keith Varney summarizes pop culture, baby. You can believe Woo! what you want to about me, Mr. Young. I think I'm a good guy, too. But if you look at the evidence, you won't believe that I committed this crime. Keith, just think we started this podcast. We could move I'm asking about for this your world, help. and now we can't even, we can't move. <laughs> Will you help me? Is there a reason all of Rebecca's cases have been dumped on me? First of all, they didn't all get dumped on you. Yes. I know, I'm waiting for Mr. Ashford. Second of all, where is Rebecca? Is there a reason I have to place all my own calls? Does Tara not work here? She's meeting with Roland. And for what it's worth, the case you refer to as being dumped on you sounds like a good one. Jamie, the airline just threw her off with her daughter. Yes. Uh, Mr. Ashford, my name is Jamie Stringer. I represent Melissa Kenner. Kenner. Melissa, no, my name is Jamie. Roland, I want you to tell me everything that happened. You entered the house. Then what? Ken Hudson Campbell back as Roland Huff. Is that wise? Whatever he tells us, we're stuck with. Suppose we should want to argue the elements. Better for him not to tell us? That may be true, but... Right, there's this close talk. I'm dying to anymore. know, aren't you? Okay, look. Well, at this point, even though Hulu doesn't give it to for us, that, we need to... they were in the widescreen. We Are they going to gonna make out in front of Roland in... Huff? It's such a exactly. weird shot. Sorry to it's keep you waiting. It's very Spader. Now... You came through the door, then what? Well, I heard the sound, the same sound. Which sound was that? Well, the bed. I knew what they were doing, so I went up there. This uh, time, they didn't black see and me at first. All right, just kept going. I have an objection. Oh, oh, okay, hold on. I'm, I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. We haven't used this bumper in a long time, but we are going to find the bumper for the thing that is appropriate for this moment because sometimes we wow. need to use this bumper wow. and it is on the soundboard. So I am going to press it at the appropriate time, wow. which I don't think it's on here anymore. I'll play this one. I got a very big dick. We sure went a long way around the block to not even get there. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> my objection is this. 
Look, even if I was willing to say that this case itself had enough legs to last freaking four episodes, which, for the record, it does not. Yes. But now, it sort of made sense with, like, Sheila and, like, in that whole kind of craziness, but now we've completely rebooted who's taking the case on, and now we're giving the case all this weight, we're giving it another flashback, and we're rehashing details we already did. We already we already did this. Multiple episodes. Yeah, well, they're going to have to find another angle to really let this... Let the eagle oh, soar. You know, oh, you reminded me I have a soundboard now. Like she's mm-hmm. never Without the bumpers on. Objection! Before. And then I saw her look. Gross! She looked at me like this is she the expected me corniest to walk thing in I've ever seen. And she was doing it all for my benefit. The she had this, this flashbacks. Until she saw the gun. Then I can't remember what happened. Well, I'm, I do. They started saying something, but I couldn't hear it. Peppermint twist. I'm saying I'm sorry. I don't remember hearing anything. I just kept seeing the look in her eye when she saw me. Ladies and gentlemen. Watching me watch her. Then I guess. I guess I shot her. I shot the gun twice. Ladies and gentlemen. And the bed stopped squeaking. The Oopsie Award for Worst Flashback in Eight Seasons of the Practice. I'm hereby officially awarding to Season 8, Episode 5, The Heat of Passion. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in Flashback. And we've seen some bad ones. Yeah, I... I guess what we have learned now is we will never retire the slow motion black and white flashback. But this one had like, it was if they they used the effect that they generally use when people are drunk in flashbacks to signify that they're like not seeing straight. They did that here. But then they did this weird like hero shot close up of of Raymond here. And they did this like evil sideways tilted close up of his wife giving him this like weird fit. It was bad. Worth going back to it well, it continues to beg the question: What are the rules with the flashback? Because it right. is very clear this is supposed to be a subjective flashback. You know that is how he saw her, not necessarily what she was doing. So, but like, are we to believe the flashbacks? Are we not believing the flashbacks? It it's weird that they never set up a rules for these flashbacks if you're going to do them. Anyway, that's as a writer, like I always have to make rules for stuff like that. Cause I, I actually do write a lot of flashbacks in my stuff and like you have to, you know, is it subjective or, or objective? What is the point of view of the flashback? Set some rules, damn it. Yeah. Okay. Everything stopped. May I ask where did the gun come from? I kept it locked in the den. When I heard the bed, I knew. And I grabbed it. I loved her too much, I guess. I had to shoot her. Look, I don't think your client really wants the publicity. 
big airline physically removes a peaceful passenger who paid her fare because she's fat? Well, I could argue the merits. You have them? Actually, yes. She was taking up another this passenger's seat. This lawyer is played by Rick Lenz. A passenger who was also peaceful and had also paid full fare. The reason my client was encroaching probably had more to do with you making the seat smaller to serve the bottom line. Well, as I said, we could argue the merits. But since you bring up the bottom line, Ms. Stringer, why don't we just get to that? Fine. You missed your filing deadline. What? The statute of limitations for suing us has expired. Oh, fuck. Our claim would be emotional distress for that. We have three years to file. In Massachusetts. But your client was on an international flight. That means it was governed by the rules of the Warsaw Convention. You had two years, which were up last month. Oh, so Rebecca kind of really screwed the pooch on that. I really report this oversight to the bar, truth no, be told. Oh, well, well, yeah, you're right, Jamie. She put it in the bottom of her pile. But you seem like a conscientious young woman. I'm going to pretend we never had this meeting. Oh, How Jamie. The, deadline? the what? The filing deadline. The statute of limitations hold like, on the airline. We missed the one? Sue. Well, why didn't anyone tell me? Slow down. Did Rebecca never file a complaint? I was brought into this late. Jamie, I don't. What's going on? This is private. Well, it sounds like a crisis. I so enjoy them. Alan, Jamie said this is private. What am I going to do? The first thing? You're not going to panic. This case is dead. I missed a deadline. It's malpractice. Calm. Are we calm? Let's talk to Eugene. No! Jamie. No, he is the last person I want to know about this. We're not being calm. Wait, since when is, like, Tara now, like, in charge? What's if up? There are no more rules. What's up is a man may be innocent. <laughs> what? Say may. The case is, sir. Okay. This is one of my favorite things. Uh, I want to first thank uh, David Chen from the uh, Slash Film cast for pointing this stuff out. Uh, I've mentioned on the show before that I enjoy watching uh, background extras act. I don't want to say bad because it's usually they're just given just a sheer lack of any sort of direction as to where to look or what to do. And mm -hmm. so they often look foolish if you are if you seek them out. But what I've recently been put uh, forth to checking out because of David Chen he likes to go and screenshot really bad photoshops of like frames in people's apartments of just like oh, terrible. It's, it's always bad. Why is it always bad? So Keith, I'm gonna, so when we enter this scene, the establishing shot is Eugene like catching up on some papers, right? He's He's got, it'd be it a newspaper or a newsletter of some sort, but it's clearly uh, an early inkjet print of some like uh, MS, what was that old thing you would use to make newsletters? Microsoft Publisher thing. Publisher. It's, it's bad. So check it out when the establishing shot here. Uh, and everybody else. <laughs> yeah. What's up? What? We're going to get What's another shot right there. What's up is a man yeah. may be innocent. What? The needs Why? for a cure. True. Can you see a circumstance? And it was in focus. So it's like it shows how bad it was. all his published articles and he's right. Why are the photoshops always so bad? Violence. Why would the kid say he was ordered if? I don't know. Maybe to cut a deal. My guess, to, to be to be fair, is because I've been an intern at many places, and you get paid nothing to do the grunt work. And I'm sure that that guy had they they some somebody who was 21, a PA, getting paid dick 
had to do those photoshops. Well, I mean, a situation like this, yes, but like you see it in like major motion pictures, yeah. and these photos are m like important to the plot. Yeah, and a lot of Marvel stuff look where you like, know it's a two hundred million dollar budget. Yeah, I can Photoshop it better in five minutes right here, and I, I almost think like they, they. It's an important plot point, so you have to see like, oh, this person is in this picture, and it's like from an old time or whatever. So they think it won't pop on camera unless it really sticks out, and then it just looks really, really bad. I don't know. I don't know. Or Pet like if on the set dresser, right? Just like set all the frames with just green, green shots, and then you can green screen it in later, and like not even worry about. It. Anyway, different conversation. I want you to talk to him. The shooter? His cat. Well, he's been talking to the press. His lawyer can't havoc. stop him. He might speak to you. That's I'm going to continue going through Macklin's papers. Don't touch that. You really think he could be innocent? Talk to the shooter. She just seems so upset. Maybe I can help. It's private, Alan. I'm sorry. Come on. Throw me a bone. I'll throw you one. Where are you going, anyway? Off to see Roland. He wasn't looking Whoa. so good. You're not going to visit Roland. He was coming unraveled. Did you not see that? I did. And unraveled is in his best legal interests. He's meeting with the court psychologist today, who hopefully will find some diminished capacity. Let's talk about Jamie. Might it occur to you that I could help her? She missed a filing deadline. Big case? Not terribly. But if you to ask the client, any suggestions? Well, not that Jamie would ever do such a thing, but if it were me, I would just tell the client that we settled, pay them out of my own pocket, and avoid the whole malpractice thing. You would do that, That's Alan. fraud, Alan. I said if it were me. Is there anything that you wouldn't That also do? assumes you have a lot of money. For example? Which it seems clear he does. Yeah. Alan, what are you doing? I was only trying to bed Tara. <laughs> Where did she come from? I promise. Wait, back that up. So they're having this quiet <laughs> conversation, and Eleanor like slides Ellen, in as if she hadn't been in the room the whole time. You know, that's like, the she... second time they've set up Eleanor to fail like that, or Cameron, because remember there was a scene, I think it was in this season, like first or second episode, where it was clear that they started the, the editor put in the cut before action, and it looked like oh, Eleanor... Right. Camera yes. was standing still and then starts moving. Same thing here. She was clearly waiting right off camera. And she like slides in. What? <laughs> it's hilarious. Is there anything that you wouldn't do? For example? So they're having this scene here. They're in the room. She walks away. And... Alan, <laughs> I was only trying to bed Tara. Uh, not for nothing. I used to date this girl, Keith. You might, you might remember her. Uh, I met her on, the, on our tour. Um, oh, and yes, I, sh I sure do. Uh, she came from a very wealthy family, very, 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 very wealthy, and and sh that afforded her the ability to, unlike most of us, like who can pursue certain careers, but you know becomes a lifelong endeavor because there are a lot of sacrifices you have to make. Blah 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 blah. She had the financial ability to sort of just like try a bunch of stuff. She wanted to be a performer for a while, so she just kind of did it. Then she wanted to do, you know, uh, and this is not a knock on her, obviously, but that it reminds me sort of of Alan Shore here, sort of that like his 
financial situation allows him to sort of be a little loosey-goosey and to try a lot of different things and really not have to he can sort of be carefree in this yeah, yeah. law endeavor though you know and not be as concerned with certain consequences because his status uh allows that it's just kind of the vibe i'm getting no i i, I think that's exactly i think that's very well stated i mean he's what he he has the entitlement of a guy with like if if you're looking for the definition of like white male energy, it's <laughs> yeah. it's Alan Short. Just like, hey, I'm a white dude. I'm rich. I can literally do say or whatever the hell I want, and no consequences. And I, you don't know, care. and I think that that I think that colors a little bit my feeling from last week because it felt to me, or maybe it was two weeks ago, whenever it was, it doesn't really matter. It felt to me almost as if we they they were trying to make us feel that he was being heroic and or chivalrous by saying, well, you know what, I'll just, oh, this is the the case where he just kind of, uh, he, the privilege case. And he was like, well, damn my career. Like, I'll do the right thing. And if I lose my career, I lose my career. I think yeah. they wanted that to be chivalrous and heroic. And I, and I, and though it was, I, I didn't really feel the impact of that emotionally. And I think that's because of this, because yeah, I don't we'll feel be- like if he had, if he was not, if he lost his job today, that there would right. be that much consequences for him. Well, and that's and that's the thing. Like, in order for heroism, you need stakes. Mm. And this, you know, the stakes are just not very high for Alan. You know, yeah, and, I th- and actually, I, I think we've pinpointed what's missing this season a little bit for me. Mm. Right, because and a lot of it's because it's new characters, but I'm missing like stakes. At least, maybe introduce. Maybe you could still. David Kelly could have leveraged the idea of all of these characters leaving into some sort of prolonged consequence for the sh- for for the office like maybe now we're in like financial straits because all of our lawyers left we could have maybe yeah. leveraged it but i just feel like because we just picked up nebulous time in the future there are no established roots or stakes and and they aren't to my opinion to my, in my opinion aren't quite using the cast the legacy cast to that they don't feel rooted in the office. They don't. No. Well, it, 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 like once again, they feel. At this point, like I get it. Spader's now the star. He's the face of the show. He's the whatever. But like everybody just feels like a prop in Spader's Spaderisms, mm-hmm. and 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 just sort of like and and again, like looking back on it today. That white male entitlement is. We're just a little bit more aware of it than we were then. Right, and we're like, Ooh. look, and I say this on a podcast with a couple of white dudes, but we're poor, so we have at least one thing. <laughs> mm. We have, we have so much unearned confidence, we just don't have any unearned money. Yeah, the 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 fear the the the, the crappy thing too, and this I now I I understand why my parents were a certain way. Even as I like make a little more money each year or whatnot, I always will feel poor. I don't think I will you, ever not feel poor. You make a Even, little bit more money every year. Wow, I'm yeah. so impressed. Well, and then I make the less money the more, every year. It's all on this weird scale because then the government takes more, and you still are just as poor as you were before. Mm. I promise. Says the white guy with a job. <laughs> right. Mr. Macklin saved my life. I would never betray him, Mr. Berluti. But see, you're saying he ordered you to kill the guy. Well, first, that's what happened. He claims he never told you to execute anybody. Mr. Macklin is a man of great principle. He's a man who is profoundly honest, and I believe on a fundamental level, 
He's taking pride in my truth. At least we cleared up all this white supremacy. If that hadn't been said, it would be understood. Oh, sorry. I totally bumpered over your your statement. What did you say? I said, at least we've, in the past 20 years since the show, we've cleared up all this white supremacy stuff. Oh, no. Yeah, it's totally solved it. That's great. Uh, meanwhile, who's that guy who is only shot in handheld moving camera? It is Andrew Wait, Leeds. wait, wait. Play the bumper. I had a good one. Oh, okay. Here we go, Mike. Guy who would have stormed the Capitol. Who was what? That guy who would have stormed the Capitol. Who 100% would have stormed the Capitol. <laughs> they laughed. Who's that future insurrectionist? <laughs> well, let me tell you. Who will you, face no consequences? Who will face no consequences whatsoever? It's Andrew Leeds, who's gone on to have quite a career after this. Uh, you'd know him from Barry, The Dropout, The Morning Show, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, and the Get Shorty TV show uh, hmm. with my friend Sarah as Danny Grant. Sarah. Sarah Styles. Oh, she's wonderful. Isn't she great? Standable for him to be fearful that. during this yeah. very well, actually, trying I had about ordeal. Seven more other things to say and chose not to You're say You're saying this That's profoundly honest man is lying. I think we need not to about pray Sarah. for him. Not about Sarah. She's awesome. No, no shade. Pray for him. Mr. Berluti, I would agree. Mr. Macklin's teachings have never called for murder. Perhaps consumed by anger, he became lost. But I have always been very clear, specifically in my devotion to him. I've never wavered. Never. I killed Arnold Coleman because Mr. Macklin told me to. Out of my own pocket, I'm not advising it. So that's important, though. Alan sort of... So our our reasonable Hannibal Lecter guy didn't actually do the shooting at all. Mm-mm. He's being tried because this guy says he told him to do it. So it's a it's not even a murder for hire because he wasn't paid to do it. It was like murder by assignment or something that we're we're doing here. Well, maybe I'm straining credulity here, but because I'm so impartial on the ma- on the matter, but that's there actually there is parallels to the January sixth thing that I just brought up because you know in a lot of these cases p- potentially they are mm. the DOJ somewhere is trying to draw a straight line from the actions of these people on January sixth to the president who was giving a speech and and being his general the former president and being his. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Go down there and tell him what's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His boastful sort of what's the what's the like really awesome word about when somebody's just like blabbering on and being. Uh, I cannot think of the word. Bloviating. Regardless, bloviating his his general bloviating self. The question becomes, because certain people interpreted it in a certain way. Can that does that mean he has liability? Now, granted, well, uh, there were other people behind the scenes who were actually making firm plans, but I'm well, talking his, about this his one. actual quote, which I don't think is bloviating, is "Go down there and fight like hell for your country." That that feels pretty direct. Yes, but does that does that mean the people who were beating people with sticks and like who shot you know like I'm just saying there is gray area. I'm not. I'm trying to st- I'm trying to maintain like we said at the top of the episode I'm trying to maintain a, a bit of I don't want to say fairness but impartiality here. 
I'm just I'm just clearly stating, Keith, that it's interesting. There's an interesting parallel. Okay, get off my case no. about it. <laughs> Jamie, this is malpractice. Black. I'm sure we already have an email from our uh, our viewer from seasons ago who was like, uh, do you want me to watch your podcast? He because... has never listened to another <laughs> minute of our podcast. And white, you missed a filing deadline. Sometimes judges forgive late filings. If you'd like and to I'm join the jury, cover up you can check our show notes. <laughs> Are you kidding? As I said. Cover our legal fees. Because we're about to get doxxed. Is she in there? Yeah, seriously. The stall on her face. So they're debating whether they should commit fraud and pay her out. Right. Melissa, hey, this is my daughter, Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Hi. I was thinking, since she got thrown off the plane too, maybe we could amend our complaint and add her for extra sympathy. Uh, that's... Uh... Melissa, I have something to tell you. I what? fucked up. For some... Well, sometimes what I'm trying to say is that incredibly the defendant has offered to settle. Oh my Jamie, God. Yes. what are you doing? They're going to refund your full fare, yours too, Amanda. And get this, this is the best part. They've agreed to pay you $10,000. What? Yes. I met with them. I got tough and they just folded. It's fantastic. Oh my god. Oh my god. Tell them no. Oh fuck. What? I've thought about it. What they did can't be fixed with money. Melissa, everything can be fixed with money. I want my day in court. Your day? Whoa, hold on. I, I want to put the word out. We could lose in court. I think you should take the money, don't you, Amanda? My mind is made up. Okay, okay. Clients sometimes let emotion govern their decisions. It's my job to step in as objective. I'm not. Okay, take the money. She's yelling at us. <laughs> I just, I just want you to be happy. Jamie, what I in the holy hell? I want my day in court. If they're offering 10, there's gotta be more way they treated me we're going to trial that you see it's strange credulity because or or it, it or changes my opinion on jamie because yes look i understand the pressure and you feel really bad or whatnot but jamie has shown in previous episodes specifically the one with eugene where she was they were accusing her of slut shaming her basically that she's got strong ideals and she stands up for things so one i think she's brave enough to tell this lady what's up and to come up with another plan. B, she's way too smart to, to not assume that she might say no, that $10,000 was gonna settle this. Um, and then if you, and if, and if, and if she, if you make that bluff and it gets called, you're, you're double screwed. Cause not only did you lie, not only did you fuck up originally, but now you've lied and well, treated her like she's stupid. And we've also shown her thus far to be on her shit and not lazy. So not only like, you know, is the decision that it, to deal with the fact that you missed the deadline, you know, just ridiculous and out of character, but this character wouldn't have missed the deadline in the first place. It's a, it's an odd, 
I mean, like, I, I actually don't, I like that story. I mean, like, what happens when somebody, like, royally fucks up? Like, that's interesting. But in this case, it's it's just not set up. Like, we don't have a reason for it. We don't have a, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, and, and things could change, but also, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm cranky today. They have this great actress in Carpathia, and they also have an interesting, I mean, yes, it's been a little little done, but it's an interesting case here. The, the The lawsuit is an interesting case, but yet they've chosen to not basically have her be it's anything but a prop. Case. And yeah. it's not about the case. One, of, It's another episode in this season that's not about the case at all, which is what we liked about the practice. Mike's pissed, guys. Mike is pissed. I'm going to commercial. <laughs> the news isn't good, Roland. What's the matter? Well, the state psychologist finds you competent to stand trial, which we anticipated. But moreover, in his judgment, you fully understood the nature and quality of your actions. Basically, he won't support our insanity defense. Did you expect him to? Well, I was hopeful. Now, listen, I've hired our own expert. Very expensive, highly pedigreed. He could be an enormous part of our case. It's important when you meet with him to act nutty. Alan. I'm certainly not suborning false testimony or demeanor. Be yourself. But that little fist-tapping thing you do, do that. Alan. Also, the part where mouths were moving, but you didn't hear words coming out. Be sure to include that. And <laughs> if true, of course, don't forget to mention you have no memory of squeezing a trigger. You're a lovely, damn, he's funny, sweet man, Roland. But our whole case rests on you coming off as a loon. I mean, that's the thing. All of our critiques has got nothing on Spader. Spader's yeah. Now I have a duty to report you. I prefaced everything with if true. You just coached a witness to act. You know, Spader's one of those actors, and, and this sounds like I'm throwing shade, but it's not. I'm not. He's got sort of a Ryan Reynolds situation going. Like, there are certain people who can do one thing so well that it's all they ever have to do. Spader only ever ever has to Spader. You know what I mean? Like, he gets hired to Spader. It's it's not like they're That's like right. we we want you to really go somewhere new. No no no. Give us what you do. It's like Ryan Reynolds. Like the critique. It's like he's the same character in every movie. Yeah, because that's what they want. They want that for yeah. their movie. Well, you know and it's, I mean? it's like this is competent Spader, and then on The Office, he's crazy Spader. On The Blacklist, he's like slightly evil Spader, but it's still, you know, he's he's sort of like, uh, it's like Christopher Walken. Mm -hmm. We were watching a Christopher Walken movie last night, and it's just like, he's just going to, that's what he's going to do. Christopher Walken's going to Christopher Walken. Uh, sorry, more TV. Are you watching Severance on Apple TV? Plus? No. Keith? No, I don't have Apple TV. Keith? Keith? Yes. Keith? Yes. You have to watch this show. I'm going to give you my Apple TV login, which I give to nobody because it's my Apple login for all of my crap, but I'm going to give it to you Ooh. because you have to watch this show. Okay. Deal? All right. All right. Fine. Fine. Okay. I'll do it. That's how much I want you to watch this show. Crazy you have all nonsense, my I said be yourself. Alan. Tara. <laughs> Did you hear the part about sweet, lovely man? That's true. Do you want that sweet, lovely man to go to prison for the rest of his life? I'm not talking about observation in a hospital until he's cured. I'm talking about prison for the rest 
of his life. That's not what this is about. That's exactly talking... what it's about. That's what it's always about. You're not here to serve a process or an adversarial system second to none in the world. If you're lucky, you'll have the opportunity every once in a great while to defend a decent human being who really doesn't belong in prison. You've got one here. You know what you do in those situations, Tara? Whatever you can. Nothing more, but nothing less. He's so good, man. I don't know that I agree with his principle there, but... You lied to her? Yes. He's always And she persuasive. turned down the offer, and now she wants to go to trial, and... I don't know what to do. Jamie, how I know, did... it was stupid, but I... Oh, my God. So this woman thinks the airline offered her $10,000? When we're barred from even suing because I missed the stupid deadline. This is Rebecca's also, fault. Also, where does no, Jamie have $10,000 to give away? you've compounded unbelievably. Look, just help me. Can you, you do we that? Saw their, I'm not we saw really their sure salaries. How. She's probably making like forty grand a year. I think we have to tell Eugene. Unfortunately, no. remember, a, a, I cannot look at intern messed up on that episode too, and they were like intolerant, in vicious eyes. Forget it. This, the man you sleep with. <laughs> and everybody's name is spelled you. wrong. Not him. Remember Wingdings, the font. Yeah, Please. sure I do. I'm old. Okay, first, we all commit and get sued for malpractice. It's why we have insurance. I've only been out of law school for two years. I didn't want it on my record. It would be the only thing on my record. Second, to lie to a client. I know, I didn't plan it. It just came out. Is well, what Jamie, we do the here. The only thing you can do now is correct it. <laughs> Tell your client the truth. Eleanor, she was ready to call the bar on me before. This woman will hold a press conference. Trust me, when she feels wronged, Oh, come That's on. That's why I'm if, in this until trouble. Until you've left a, a dead baby on a church stoop, you've done nothing. Can you please talk to her and convince her it's in her best interest to take dead the $10,000? <laughs> no. I can't do that. I could lose my license over this. Oh, we've all lost if our license. she makes a thing this. about it. We'll do an episode on you convincing the judge you should keep it. Eugene will show up as a character I witness and you're good. Smart. Jamie, you have made a horrible mistake. The best advice I can give you is don't make it worse. At least everyone's been been tried for murder. I mean, come on, this is small potatoes. Once I you got really hold of do the building, like though, Eleanor moved to evict Mr. Saying like, we're talking now. Take about your medicine here. Yep. And I I think that's just. It's the right Once thing. Once you got to be accountable building, for your. He immediately moved to evict Mr. Macklin. We're talking now about the man you shot. Yes, Mr. Macklin had gone to court to oppose the eviction. It's a cool shot. Because usually we get defeat, over the shoulder here, but there's some sort of up defeat. angle thing for both of them here. That's when he told me of my mission. Okay, you used the word mission. Keith, who directed this episode Did again? Mr. The director of this episode, of course, is Nick Gomez. Very interesting, clear a clear style for Nick Gomez. He's really interested in unique framing shots. This framing shot, the shot in of the flashback, which I didn't care for, but it was it. There was a take for sure. He had a take. Yeah, and the Hannibal Lecter. I kind of used Lecter. the word kill or execute. And, and just so eliminate. we understand the the plot here, the 
Uh, Mike. Ah! So we're, we're, we are uh, continuing the Trump parallels that this guy was a landlord throwing out his black tenants. So much like, uh, you know, Fred and Donnie loved to do, uh, this was about trying to get rid of black tenants from their This actor can thank building. me for the maybe the best screen grab of all time. <laughs> I've got he some said classics. my mission was to eliminate Mr. Coleman. Did you question it? Did you say, hey, hold on, that's murder. We don't do that. No. Why not? Because as I said, it was a mission, Mr. Berluti. Well, suppose Mr. Macklin said it was your mission to kill your own mother. He would never say that. Why not? He had a great love for me. And still does, I believe. Just as I continue to have great love for him. Keith, I'm sensing a twisty twist making out in the bathroom after the episode. I'm telling you. Not everything's a gay thing, Jimmy. Don't make me out a homophobia. Not everything's a gay thing. I'm telling you. My mom's gay, okay? Do you need time to think it over? Keith, no, the, I do the, not. The script, Mr. not Berlanti. everything's a gay thing. Uh, My didn't silence age well. is meant to connote offense. No. Homosexuality is against God. It is evil. Is it possible this boy has homosexual feelings towards you? No, that is not possible. Who is telling you this? I just detected Danny Grant is kind of effeminate. That's he speaks that of does, you with great well, affection. Well. Danny Grant is a loyal member of my church who became misguided. He acted unilaterally. I'm sure he did so under the false assumption that he was serving me or my church. He's neither expressed nor manifested any evil homosexual intentions. Look. This could be something to go with. The victim defeated you publicly in court. The boy was in love with you, so he avenges your loss. Then, maybe feeling rejected by you, he decides to say you ordered the hit. There's no homosexuality in my church, Mr. Young. If you suggest as much, I will discharge you. Cool. Into it. Was he enraged? Yes. Heat of passion, certainly, but insane? I don't think so. Did he tell you the part about seeing mouths move and not hearing words come out? Yes, and he tapped his fist per your instructions. This is Monroe. Look, your problem goes to everything that transpired before he went into the bedroom. He says he knew what was going on when he retrieved the weapon. He likely formed intent down in his den. Did he say that? Well, why else would he get the gun to clean it? What, are you a profiler now? No. I'm a psychologist who is on your side, and I am advising you not to go with insanity. What about automatism? Isn't it possible that he got the gun to scare them, to threaten them, maybe even shoot them? But once he went into the room and he saw his best friend screwing his wife, everything after that was involuntary. So you're saying he retrieved the gun downstairs? I'm saying that even if he had a general intent to assault or kill when he was downstairs, that once he went into the room and he saw what he saw, He then went on automatic pilot, isn't that possible? Well, 
I suppose... That's what happened. I can feel it in my heart. That's precisely what happened. Wonderful. Tara, you've been holding back. What is the light source that is shining up on them from the table? I can't let this proceed with you, Miss Wilson. You're not yet a member of the bar. Uh, I'm sure Mr. Shaw question, will be here imminently. Yeah. Well, that's not good enough. Take Kenneth Mr. Huff Welsh back into back custody. Judge Call the next case. I'm terribly sorry. Did I miss anything good? Mr. Shaw, I run a punctual, crisp courtroom. I appreciate that, Your Honor. I apologize. I can make this very short. We only seek to change our plea. Its formality should take about two seconds. Hello. You're changing your plea to what? Not guilty by reason of automatism. What did you say? Auto... Matism. It's actually one word, Your Honor. It basically means my client was not in control of his actions. Well, I won't let you argue that. I beg your pardon? You will not make a mockery of this court, counsel. What factual basis Your do Honor, you... Your Honor, if you walked in on your wife with your best friend, wouldn't you go a little bluey? Fan. This is the same judge that got in a fight with Jimmy. So we, we have an antagonistic relationship with this judge. Mm -hmm. The last lawyer before me from your firm insulted the integrity of this room. I will not let it happen again. I'm not liking you so far. How about this? Deny my defense. I'll get you tossed for abuse of judicial discretion, and we can be done with each other. Does that work for you? Oh, you won't be done with me, Mr. Shaw. I assure you. Are you attracted to me, Judge? <laughs> Ridiculous. Our plea is not guilty by reason of automatism. Deal with it. I got a very big dick. Uh, this could be... Well, uh, there's something you need to know, Melissa. I already know. You do? Yes, I do. And all I can say is thank you. Mr. Torrance came to my house this morning. He actually drove right to my house. Um, Mr. Torrance? From the airline. He told me how relentless you've been. He also He's told me you even offered to put up now. some of your own money if they'd match it. Oh, uh, Mr. Torrance told you that? And then he offered 25000 And something else. An apology. He said they were wrong. He looked me right in the eye and told me how sorry he was. Deus machina! Said he knew what his employees forgot. Wait, what? That we From the airline? Anyway... Are you I buying accepted this? his offer. Probably should have called, run it by you first. But the truth is, no. I got all I wanted. There better be a twisty twist. Somebody like behind the scenes did something, and Alan Shore did some. Because we've jumped the shark, Keith. Before we've seen some crazy things. We've seen Superman himself jump out the window. But the airline offering money free pro bono because they what, what feel bad. All the, all we know is that somebody who said they were from the airlines did this. And another character has already said 
what they should do. So Alan, to help. now Alan is freaking Robin Hood? Of course he is. So I said yes. Thank you, Mr. Stringer. Look, I'm only going to be okay with it, Keith, in one condition. What's that? That just like the FedEx murderer, Alan Schwartz dressed up in a certain costume in order <laughs> to deliver- put on a pilot costume. Cause that's a whole spinoff, man. Alan Shore just like Robin Hooding clients in different costumes and stuff. Oh, I'd watch that. Hell yes. What a waste of Carpathia in this episode. I'll never forget this. And also, once again, makes another storyline. Conspiracy to commit murder will agree to 10. Yeah, and actually maybe worse, and we'll talk about it in tires, but you know, because they, it could have been, that the lawsuit could have been anything, right? But because they made it about uh, making it ableist or uh, because she's larger and not really giving her that scene where she like, you know the scene where the guy made out with the lady in order to discuss, because he was homeless and, and they found him gross. I think it was episode one this season. Yeah, yeah, 801, And yeah. he got that great scene about why he did it and like his motivations Fighting and why he was hurt. And, yeah. yeah. If they had given her that scene in lieu of getting the actual court case, I'd say, okay, at least they made it about something. Because, right. but they didn't. It, if that's where it ends, it was just, a, they just cast her because she was larger. And not well, even- they're, they're, at, and and the whole point of the storyline is to try to make us like Alan more. Yeah, instead of like uh, that's that's instead that's of writing shitty. a likable character, what they should have done is write a likable character, not write the character doing likable things behind the scenes. Yeah, well, that's one. Th I'm just talking about like the what a waste of a great actress, and also yeah. sort of exploitative. Yeah. Yeah. Accessory another ten. Served this is Dennis Art back as Roland Hill. This is his third Mr. character, but we've seen him it's four times as this character. A start. Your client ordered an execution. The most he will serve is 10 years. It seems like a fair offer, Mr. Young. It is, but I can't recommend it. Why not? Because I got a better than even chance of getting a not guilty. Mr. Young, for everybody's sake, and I do mean everybody, a trial would be best avoided. I'm not following. Are you asking me to tank this? No, I'm endorsing the district attorney's offer as a reasonable one. 10 years for murder is a bargain, and the cost of going to trial would be immeasurable for all the players, not to mention the city of Boston. Those factors aren't relevant, not Are to my- Are you kidding? The reason I plucked you in the first place is because of the racial ramifications. The city is right. This is a case I think I can beat, given that I will not recommend to my client he plead guilty. Good for you, you plucked me, Judge. Yeah. You got me. Damn right. Damn right. Are you right. sure this is what you want, counsel? It's my job. And it just reminds us why Eugene's the baddest motherfucker around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Damn right. I still can't believe that he didn't lock you up. I wish he had. Be easier to get rid I will of him. Let's say this, man. You know, we've talked a lot. There's This show has been nothing but fluctuating in quality from the get, but I'll say this. One thing that has not ne'er wavered is from the get, we said, if the cards were all on the table, I'd choose Eugene every day and twice on Sunday, and I stand by that. Yep, no question, no question at all. Next step, tap into your network, find me a British medical expert on automatism. Why British? See, Americans think the English are smarter. Jamie. Hey. 
Did you tell Alan about my little predicament? I'm sorry? Is it Alan Shore, by the way? Or Torrance? I've never been good Torrance. at riddles. It had to be you. You got Who the shinin? He went to Melissa Kenner and pretended to be somebody from the airline and settled the case. You put up your own money? All she really wanted was the apology. Why would you do this? You barely know me. Well, any I chance a lot of money. break the law. He has a tremendous amount of money. I don't know whether to thank you or to curse you for getting me in even deeper. But I'm gonna go with thank you. Save the damsel in distress that didn't age well. You put up your own money? What's going on? Meaning? I'm Meaning a rich white that guy. you're not that nice a fellow. You know, I like to fantasize when I go to bed. Helps Jesus. me sleep. I've been having wonderful sessions with you in mind, actually. But with Jamie, Gross. I keep hitting a block. Sex isn't all body parts for me, Tara. It's mental. I've so, been sensing Jamie's repelled by me for So yeah, about, I know we got a good we got a good flirty flirt going, but I want you to know I also masturbate to Jamie and, and uh, but it, I've been blocked. So, but 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 if you really think about this, I just paid twenty five thousand dollars so and that I could committed get off fraud so that I could masturbate thinking about this woman gross. No, no, no. Gotta, let's get, if we're going to do it, Keith, let's get specific. He's not saying so he could. He was able to do so prior, but he just no, wasn't he said able to... He, he said he, he was blocked. He said he couldn't finish because he was blocked. So really, Ew. if you want to get specific, he spent $25,000 so that he could come to fruition, which is even more gross Ugh. because he's saying it in the workplace to the girl he is actively flirting with, I think. Ugh. Gross. Guess what, man? Mm. Wow! He's, wow! He's, let, he's, you know, it's a it's a good thing CEO Jen quit because we'd have to hire an HR person I, here. I at know KMA. for the show. I mean, God, and we thought Dylan McDermott was bad. Some reason. Oof. Now that I've perhaps courted her, I've got favor, a very big imagination. I'm hoping that my fantasy could have a life. Tara, whether I'm committing random acts of kindness or impersonating an airline executive or even talking back to a judge, it's in always costume. about getting the girl. Even if it's only in your mind? The one place I'm never disappointed. You know what I love about your talk, Alan? Hmm. Is it makes me feel safe. Does it now? Hmm. Because men who talk never do anything. Would you like me to be a doer, Tara? This is the grossest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I never make the first move. It's beneath me. I also I feel zero tension between move. them. But I'm not going to hear. Happy to make the second. Perhaps the third. But you need to go first. I Alan. hate this. It means to be you. I think not. Oh, it will be. Oh, it won't. I'm waiting, Tara. Things are beginning to tingle. 
I'm right yeah. here. Keith, this right. is the gr I want to stop the podcast. <laughs> this is like, ugh. See, when it was Bobby and Lindsay was getting, I loved it. Correct. That you did, where you were lukewarm, but now we both blow with it. I don't mean to sound too confident. In the public's like mind, you already stand lazy network parody of secretary. But I, as a writer, though, I'm curious. I'll ask you in tires because we got to get through this episode. What are they? What do they think they're achieving? Like, do they think we're in? This is like moonlighting. I will. They won't because it's not. It's fucking disgusting. No, I I think this is. Did you, you ever seen Secretary? No. It's it's a James Spader, uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal movie that came out a year before this, which is like this like long extended sort of S and M relationship, and it's all about power dynamics and like was a big was like a big old mm. like thing, and that's one of the things that sort of made Spader famous was this. He was sort of like a, he was a sadomasochist sort of a thing. And it's like playing on that. Cause he, and he was also in, um, what was that? It, it wasn't Crash. It was, um, it was something like that. It, and like Spader's whole thing up to this point was this weird sexual energy S&M thing. What the hell was the movie called? Well, it was also Sex Lives and Lives and Videotape. Um, but there's a one where people were getting off on car crashes. It was like a fake fetish. Don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. Keep going. I'll find it. We watch different movies. It's not a bad deal. <laughs> I would not last one day in prison, Mr. Young, much less crash. 10 it was years. Called crash. Not exactly my demographic. Sorry? I don't mean to disparage you. The Cronenberg You think film. prisons are full of black people? We don't need to get into this. Oh, I got time. Eugene. Mr. Young. In this country, there are more black men in prison than there are in college, Mr. Young. That is not a white supremacist opinion. It is a fact. And you don't think that has anything to do with the white society that has... Uh, all right. Let's just stick to the case. Before we actually... Have the offer point. of 10 years is officially rejected. I did not kill anybody. There won't be any plea. Mr. Young, you and I need to get on the same side now. My trial begins in six days. Mr. Macklin, I will give you the best defense I can. But you and I will never be on the same side. I am a human being. I need you to see me as a human being. Certainly you're capable of doing that. To be continued. Well, folks, there you have it. Another episode in the can. So why don't we discuss it right here? And we're starting with uh, Mike's summaries uh, in two parts. Let's, A magical let's, mystery. Let's story. talk about things in, in the can, Mike. 
Because we're that's what we're doing in this kind of a show now. Yeah, we gotta we gotta whisper and like have lots of moisture in our. We're weird. Mm, yeah, you make the first move in a segment we call. Hmm. <laughs> two, three, four. Mike has thirty seconds to remember what just happened on the show. Segment. Segment. Hey, y'all. Rebecca used to be on the show, and she left a whole stack of cases, and Jamie picked one up a little bit too late about this lady who got kicked off a plane because she didn't fit in the seat or something with her kid. And, uh, oh, she missed the deadline, so she's got to pay out, but Alan also pays out, and so everybody goes away happily committing fraud, and Carpathia didn't have to do much, unfortunately. Also, uh, we're still doing the peppermint twist, only this time uh, something about automatons, and then... uh, (laughs) Lastly, uh, yeah, uh, Eugene's got a big old dick. Wow. Okay, that's that seems about right. Now, can you do it again in fewer syllables? <laughs> Jamie commits fraud. Racist words become real death. Alan disgusts me. Yeah, yeah, well played. Well played indeed. All right, Uh, so now that we remember what happened for the first time, let us go into our favorite award show that begins like this. We already gave one out, let's not forget. We, We did. Oopsie. Well, Jackie, they're a fake award show uh, that begin every week with... You just Gosh. go up for the, go up for the Eva. Yeah, man. Yeah. I did, and I didn't destroy myself. So, we said it. We're say it again. When the cards are on the table, when push comes to shove, when the racist is in the chicken coop, I want Eugene Young on the case. Eugene Young is your racist in a chicken coop. Eugene Young. You know, whilst others are just committing fraud rampantly, paying out clients, having weird vocal sex in the office, Eugene is just the everyman, pissed off that somebody used his toothbrush and lawyering the shit out of cases. That's what... That's what I want from my Eugene, and that's what I get. Uh, he's given a one shitter of a case uh, that a, a human being who's just the largest piece of shit, uh, and Eugene says, you know what? I'll take that piece of shit, and I will give it the best defense possible, even when they let him off the hook, and they're like, yo, we're gonna, we, can, we, can get, we can get this one off the books because nobody wants to go to trial with this piece of shit scumbag. Eugene says, nah, I do. We're going to trial. Bitch! 
Have your racists come home to roost. Use Eugene Young. He will turn your shit into Shinola and keep your bristles dry. Eugene oh. Young. All right. Well, all right. That's it. Uh, congratulations, Eugene, for your most valuable lawyer. Coming up next. Already, Already famous. Because you've been on TV. Getting a paycheck. First entry on your IMDb. Way, Way to go. go. But you're the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor on the episode. I want to give this to Carpathia, and they just don't let me. They just don't let me. She has some good scenes. She does good work in where she appears, but they just didn't give her no meat on the bone, Keith. No meat on the bone. However, in order for Eugene to be in the weirdest of buddy cop episodes, um, we, we need, in order for Eugene to protect the racist chicken, mm -hmm. in the analogy that I've uh, trapped myself in. Well, uh, you know, you, do, you, do you know what a group of racist chickens are called? Oh, God, I can't wait to hear. Please tell me. Cluckers. Don't you know that that's what that that that's the uh, derogatory term for the Klansmen? Are oh, I didn't know that. That's legit. Okay, I thought that's you were legit. Just, I thought you were just saying fuckers. Clan. Oh, no. okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no. then it, oh, the my race, God, it works. The, that's what I'm saying. I'm I a comedy genius. I myself into it. Oh, I'm a God. comedy genius. Thank you. No, very doesn't much. that make me the genius because I was the one who started the the, the chicken parallel earlier? Uh, look, you. Keith, we need to start chicken, a podcast and then I spend 10 minutes into... during to discuss who's the bigger genius, because that <laughs> is really white privilege. <laughs> we really, we really honed in on our identity. Or Do our your brand cluckers too. only eat the white meat? <laughs> Hire Eugene. Damn. Holy shit. Wow. Um, yeah, I think what what's the, uh, what's our, what's our, uh, what's, what, what's our grand uh, wizard's mm. name? You're looking for John Walcott. Who I believe has given us a, uh, what's his name? Who's the who's the douchebag who travels around uh, going to funerals of, of of gay folks and and disrupting oh, them? Oh, uh, Fred Phelps. Fred Phelps. I believe that's sort of the uh, the parallel, really here. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, all behind a religious church. Yeah, Keith, we have firsthand no, no, no. knowledge of the Fred Phelps. I I yes, the the uh, some of the the I think it was Fred Phelps's one of their kids. Mm -hmm. Called uh, my grandmother the c-word once. Uh, Keith, his followers, if you recall, getting off the Titanic bus in one town, called us all kinds of words. Oh, I forgot they came. No, I totally forgot about that. My grandparents. They had their signs, and, and they picketed. Here's how deep it went. Me and Keith were on like a, a D-list, E-F-G list tour of the musical Titanic, which isn't particularly known for its. Uh, Stark uh, heterosexual or uh, homosexual uh, undertones. Overtones. No, yeah. it's 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 about a ship sinking. But because they rightfully assumed that there would probably be some homosexual actors. Oh in the my cast, god! They Heavens picketed. To Betsy. They picketed our tour bus, and so we got to uh, walk past them in defiance. I completely, I completely forgot that. But it, it, my my grandparents and their friends used to counter protest. They're protesting in Vermont all the time. That's that's why they they got. 
my my little old grandmother is like probably 85 at the time got called a c-word so and a whore so that's um fine. they are terrible people not because of their not just because of their beliefs but also because they 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 pull along their like young children between three and six years old and well make that's them the participate yes, it is, right? it, anyway it, regardless anyway, yes. i see him to be the parallel but uh you know here's here's the thing in popular culture you know, it's one thing to play a kind of psychopathic murderer as an actor because you kind of just like, it's kind of fiction. You kind of just like have to create a character. But when you're playing a piece of shit like this, there, there's there's a lot of darkness you got to kind of wade through to find to find the, the center of it. And this guy does a really great job. As we said in the very beginning, uh, his take is very understated and very uh, straightforward. And that is uh, disturbing. Uh, and it creates a lot of emotional and thematic conflict in the episode, which works. One of the few things that works for me in this episode. And so uh, I'd like to uh, loud that actor, whose name I definitely know was John, John, well, and, um, <laughs> and I think he gets the oopsie here, uh, hands down. Yes, yes. No, I no, I completely agree. I, I thought he did, a, did an excellent job and uh, understated, under control, and yet compelling. And that's, you know... Sometimes you just have a good face and a good energy, and you don't need to do as much to uh, to be compelling. So congratulations, John Walker, on your best guest actor. Now it's time for... You killed your podiatrist or blew the case, but you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best actor on the show. Uh, Spader does some great spadering. In fact, we almost have to bring bring a new award that's just like the best spader spadering of the spader. Um, mm -hmm. But unfortunately, Keith, he made me so grossed out there that he is, I can't, in good- Ineligible. Yeah. He's ineligible. That was too gross. So you can outgross yourself, and he did it. Ugh. He's on a timeout. Um, <laughs> and so this week, I am so happy to to- you know, Jamie is really. Uh, who plays Jamie Stringer? I'm not telling you. Well, she's a main cast member now. She's great. She's great in this episode. <laughs> but I'm going Steve Harris, man. I'm, I'm doubling down. Steve Harris is so good. He's just so good. That's it. That's all I have to say on the matter. Steve Harris is really good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think it's Steve's episode. And I think. Um, yeah. I, I, yes. I, Jessica Capshaw. That's her name. Uh, does a that. does a very good. I was good... testing you, man. <laughs> sure, uh, is great, but yeah, no, I like Steve Harris is grounding us and saving us a little bit from like just taking flight and going off into the spader sphere. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's got that big old lawyer dick too, you know. He he does. He does. I'm sure he appreciates us talking about it constantly on the internet. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's Steve Harris. I thought he did a good job. Thank you, Steve, for giving us something that's not gross and enjoying a dry bristle. Who doesn't enjoy a dry married, bristle? I will probably, God willing, I'll be married for a long time. And if I ever find out my wife used my toothbrush, holy hell, no way. Well, you heard it here first. Grounds. Grounds in In fact, Keith, can I tell you how, can I tell you something? I'm sorry, I'm sorry audience. On occasion, because we have two bathrooms and I have the guest, my bathroom also doubles as the guest bathroom. Mm -hmm. 
Often, usually, I try when guests come over to either stay the night or even visit, I put my toothbrush that usually lives on the sink, I put it under the sink. I hide it away um, mm-hmm. because I'm a bit of a germaphobe. Because you're, comes, you're ashamed of brushing if, your teeth. No, if someone comes to stay the night, Keith, and this is true, mm-hmm. and I forget mm-hmm. to put my toothbrush away, and, mm-hmm. I, and I know that they did a number two in my bathroom and, I, and my toothbrush was exposed, I throw it away uh-huh. instantly and buy a new toothbrush. Wow. Yeah, well, heard it no here first. Fecal, if if you, the fecal plume is near my toothbrush, no, new toothbrush. Let alone let somebody else put it in their mouth. Hell no! Oh, yeah! Wow, we are learning so much about Mike with his racist chickens and fecal blooms. Plume. Fecal plume. plume. Well, fecal blooms lead to fecal plumes, folks. All right, <laughs> April showers bring fecal plumes. Uh-huh. The Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. Wow, we're this a little week, loopy today. This week goes to racist chicken Tom Brady. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I wouldn't wish that upon you. <laughs> Let's just do uh, chicken coop Tom Brady. It'll be an inside joke. Uh, we'll know what we mean, but I, I can't. I can't have you doing. Tom, uh, okay. In the plan, maybe throw a hood on it just for. for <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh, oh no! You give a toothbrush in range of a fecal uh, no, plume. No, fecal plume. Throw a hood on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Brady, here it is. I got it, Keith. Okay. All right. Tom Brady using Mike's bathroom. With the toothbrush exposed, Tom Brady. Oh, that's so much worse. I know. Tom Brady. But at least it's not racist. Mike's bathroom with the toothbrush exposed. Wow. Okay. That. Ugh, okay, like we're that doing last this. Season, last season was about the, the, the practice jumping the shark, and this season is about this podcast jumping the shark. That's kind of my favorite part of this whole thing. I don't think we, uh, the shark yes. has been under us the whole time. <laughs> you could have, you could have jumped. You've been jumping the shark from the very beginning. Uh, except for we're too old and broken to jump anymore. Oh, so, jumping is out of the question. I, I think it's Dude, more even like my sh- watch, even my watch. So like my, you know, Apple watch takes your, your things and it like, I have this this app called Wellatory, which like takes all of these different measurements and then basically tells you every morning, like, here's how much energy you have. Here's what you should do. Blah, blah, blah. It gives you all these these t- tips and hints. You know what mine said today? No joke. Mm. You should probably take it easy today, buddy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you jacked up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, uh, I think it's time for let's, let's all take it easy and take us home on... Ladies and gentlemen, So, so the the guy in prison. That's we're going on. The peppermint twist is going another week, y'all. We're going yeah. six episodes deep on one of the dumbest storylines we've ever done. Uh, not dumb, just insignificant. And I just don't know how. I just don't know what to say on the matter. We've beat it to death. It. it, it why? Uh. It, 
all the goodwill we built up for Allen last week, it's like they felt like they had to double down on the gross this week. So he he that scene with Tara al- alone is like what? But then the the him Robin Hooding the money thing to get Jamie Jamie who might learn a lesson or maybe like you had mentioned during the episode maybe there's like a, a nugget of good storytelling there we sort of undercut with worse than Deus Machina which I don't love in these types of shows because what we like in the procedural is that this leads to this leads to this leads to this uh, and it's satisfying and sort of not we don't get that we get the like last yeah. minute save but even worse it's the some do it's the white male savior guy we've created character we've created who does it because because right so we can jet jerk off to Jamie like that is legitimately the plot that was given to us oh god that's yeah, not we, even when you put it that away. way that is really bad I mean that's really bad now a few weeks ago Keith you'll you'll remember I was willing to like try to say that they did enough to show that Alan is really just working through some maybe some sexual trauma and and that's mm-hmm. what this is all coming from but and they sort of they could have they could have gone more with that here but no no they just really went double down on the other bit the just gross sex bit which i think was supposed to be funny i, I, I think I don't it was know. supposed to be sexy well, whatever it was supposed to be, it wasn't. That's a no. problem. <laughs> um, I just the and then the Carpathia stuff. The case that it was that was loosely the catalyst for the Alan Shore savior sex stuff. Savior sex uh, was just a completely sort of like ex- exploitive. Thing with a, I don't know, man. It, none of it landed for me. Uh, in fact, in a, if I was in a different mood, I I might even be like actively kind of upset with it. I I can see that there's a probably a good portion of audience that could be really offended by this in many ways. Okay, now let's go to this the Eugene case, uh, the A case. Um. I think there's a good case here. I think there's a yeah. there's a really good, really good stakes and a really good predicament that we've landed one of our best lawyers in. Um, so there's that, and I'm glad that that's set up, and we're going into next week. Maybe how about one of those great practice episodes where it's just one case and we just do the case? Can, yeah. Can we have that next week? We need it because things are so scattershot right now that I'm like. It's hard. They're all blurring together. I can't remember what we're doing. Who's wh- Why are we doing this? <laughs> why? That's a good question. So far, my my <clears throat> thesis of season eight is why are we doing this? Um. So let's find that, David. I'm asking you. I'm begging you. Let's let's focus. Let's let Eugene, who we've paid money to stay on the show, run a case and have it be just a normal good case. Can, let me do that, please. Uh. So I, I I'm giving it a six point. Eight one spare tires only because of the potential of next week. Oof. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I mean I sort of feel the same way you do about it. Um, I like the I like Eugene's case. I I like because there's there's sort of two elements there, right? There's Eugene representing and defending a racist, 
right? And and this guy, I like the performance. I like the the sort of character, the sort of charismatic. I'm just being a reasonable guy, but underneath that is like he's a monster. That's interesting. I like that. I like the element of he didn't actually do it. He convinced somebody else to do it, and you have it gets sort of murky there. Um, so I think there's just, there's enough there to chew on. Uh, that that is interesting. So I I definitely like that. Um, you know I don't I don't like how this show treated both of our female characters here, right? It treated Jamie as incompetent and lazy and kind of just dumb, right? Needing of Who rescue, need, need, needing of rescue by the entitled rich white guy. And it treated Tara, you know, I, I don't know. I'm of two minds of it because, like, why why can't she be sexual? Why can't she be, you know, Alan's match in this sort of psychosexual game? Like, well, okay. I would I would argue I believe that she has the upper hand, and I don't even it's not even proved to me that she. I kind of see where the writing's on the wall, and I know kind of how the show operates, but in a vacuum. I would say that she's playing. I, I could see where she's maybe not even interested in him, and she's just kind of calling his bluff in many yeah. ways. I know yeah, that that's I, not I, what they're gonna do, but I, I don't hate that. I mean, like yeah. I, I think that's I think that's that's totally fine. The issue with I think all of that is, and this is you know partly Spader, right? And I I I love Spader. I think he's great, but he's very arch, and. When you, his perform his performance is always going to be very arch, and if you're going to write that on top of it too, and then write another character sort of like matching him in that, we're we're in this weird like fantasy world. It's very theatrical. It's very over the top. It's 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 very like all of a sudden we're like in a like in this weird porny space, and it's not the practice. It doesn't it doesn't feel like the real world. Um, that we've established so far. So it becomes just a, a lot. It becomes a lot. It becomes gross in our world. It's not gross in a Spader movie that's about that. It's not gross in Secretary because that's what you're there for. That's the whole thing. It's all about these psychosexual mm -hmm. dynamics and these, you know, this wordplay and power or whatever. Like that's that's what it's about. But injecting that into the practice is like, uh, I don't, it's, it felt gross. It It feels... I don't know. It feels gross. Anyway, so that's so that's sort of how I feel about that. And um you know, in the Roland Huff case, like I I forgot it's still going. Right? I don't even I, How many how many people are like, "Oh, he was crazy." Whatever. Like the distinction between he was insane versus he didn't have control over his actions at that time. It's all the same thing. It's the same argument. We've done it a million times. The character isn't interesting enough to justify spending this much time on it. The case isn't interesting enough to justify spending this time on it. And you can't, you can't uncomedy something. I, I know they're trying to move away now, like they gave us a serious flashback, quote unquote, but like the way they started it was total camp with the dancing and the peppermint twist and like it, it's intrinsically tied to the Sheila character who was a bit nutty. Like you can't really like fix it. So just and, let and it go. Well, and you're 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 trying to make us feel sympathy for this sort of sad sack character, which hey, look, they've done it before and crushed it. Look at Harlan Bassett. Yeah, right. Right. 
you know, if you were going to do this, have Harlan Bassett kill his wife. That's a story I'd watch. That's fun. But I, yeah. Plus we need so, to earn Ernie. Would be, we could use an Ernie. We could really use Ernie here. And, uh, you know, we we're talking before and Phoenix said, like, season eight is the season of consequences. Well, not if you're Jamie. Not yeah. if, you know, not if you have Spader in to rescue everything all the time with money. So there were, there were no consequences. No consequences at all for anybody in this one. So... Blah, 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 blah. Tires, tires, tires. 6.53. Yeah. That's that's all you get. I, you know, look, and it's not terrible, right? Normally when we give a 6, something about it is like terrible or offensive. It's not terrible. Well, it's I'd argue horribly. that terror scene, that, tete-a-tete, that sexual tete-a-tete was a bit terrible, but I see what you're saying. Well, point. yeah. It's just like, I don't know. It's not sex lies and monkeys, but it's still... You know, I'm I, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. So uh, there it is. So, uh, folks, that's the wrong button. God damn it! That's funny. Now, <laughs> nope. you go for it. You did it last week. You gotta do it again. You hit- Every time I try to hit the end of the show music, I hit this music instead, and now I have to sing a stupid song. But I want to go and sit out in the sun. Podcast. All right. <laughs> well, folks. If you're still here, I don't know. I feel like we should give you some sort of an award just for still being here. Yeah, we should pay you 25 grand. Exactly. So if you would like to accept your award, you can email us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. I will make an award. I will I will literally make and send you an award if anybody responds to this. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Out of Practice Podcast. While you're there, leave us a rating and review. Join the jury. Maybe it's a, a jury award at Apple Podcasts or any other service of your choice. Leave a rating and review. We'll welcome you to the jury. We will very much appreciate it. Speaking of people who we appreciate, you know who's still... A founding sponsor who is still sponsoring us, Jorge Navoa. Thank you, Jorge. We very much appreciate it. That's it. It's just Jorge. Uh, we'll give you opportunities in the future to make it easier. But in the me interim, if you could donate us, uh, click the links in the show notes. We'd appreciate it. Heck, send us a, a gift card for a masseuse. We could use that too. Are you a rich lawyer? You could throw us twenty-five grand. We could really use that. Hey guys. There's only one way to fix a neck so broken that two old men can't move, and that's to fire off some shiatsu laser sounds. Laser sounds.